hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Wait, let's see if it sounds better this way. What does? No, it doesn't sound better. I'm just <laughs> smashed their iPhone into my wine glass. I just wanted to see if it'd work. Oh just, my god, you're gonna it sounds break. Sounds like it's cracking. Yeah, never mind. You're never gonna mind. break either my wine glass or your phone. Um, are you drinking for any reason this week? I mean here's the thing. Oh wow, that was such a pregnant pause. <laughs> <laughs> Not drinking for that reason, thank God. Well you shouldn't be. Yeah, that's true. Um my dad called again. the saga continues he had something to say about he listened to the episode where i said that i was really fat as a kid because i had a peanut peanut m&m machine in my room Uh uh-huh and my dad calls me and he goes you did not have that in your room and i was like just ultimate denial yeah i was like which is like such a parent thing to do to be like (laughs) like, no i didn't that didn't happen i'm like wait (laughs) you can't that you it's can't not an argument. You can't erase a permanent scar in my mind. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, you're a child, so you don't know." I'm like, "No, I remember." And I described it and everything, and then he was really silent for a while, and then he goes, "Well, yeah, it was supposed to be an art object," and I was like, <laughs> "What do you mean?" <laughs> Like an industrial sculpture <laughs> filled with candy for you to eat right next to your bed. Like an installment. Can you imagine if all art was just filled with candy? 
I again, I would be a fat child. And I was <laughs> apparently. And so he's like, yeah, it was an art object that I installed in your room. I was like, what? OK, stop. <laughs> so first it doesn't exist. Then it's an art object. Then he goes, well, I'm going to start something of my own. And oh. I was like, what is it? And he's like, it's an and that's why we drink fact check for every episode. And I was like, well, you're going to have your hands full, my friend. Especially with your own facts about the past. <laughs> <laughs> with your own faulty memory. <laughs> anyway, so that was the update of the week for me. Um, why do you drink this week? My mom called. No! <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is just becoming like a therapy session about <laughs> the flaws of our parents. <laughs> she, I'm actually... <sighs> what? She, okay, she's, uh, she's engaged, as everyone knows. Right. She has recruited me from across the country to plan this fucking wedding. No, wait, are you serious? Yeah. Why? I mean, you are good at planning. I guess that makes sense. I shouldn't have been so open about it, about how good I am at things like that, because I don't want people using me. That's what you get but for she's, flaunting your talents. I'm also her only child, so she can't, like, shove this onto someone else. This is true. So that's can't, why your mom had three. She could just space it all out. Pick one. Yeah. Although if I had planned her wedding, I was 13, it would have been SpongeBob themed and nobody would have enjoyed it. Actually, uh, she's going to have a, a really cool theme. So Your mom? Yeah. It's actually cooler than any theme I thought she would come up with. I give her a lot of There's credit. There's a theme? Listen. 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 That's what I said. Apparently, my aunt who watches, and you can corroborate on this. If you're going to say she watches bridal shows, yes, I can. She she watches bridal shows, and apparently several of them have themes. And so my aunt has told my mom that everyone in this generation has themes. If you're going to get married, you have to have a theme. And meanwhile, my aunt is 60 years old, and I... She's wrong. We don't all have themes. What theme? I don't have a theme. I'm saying I've never known anyone to have a... Jesus. Gio's saying, you have a theme, bitch. It's like, I'm your theme. <laughs> I'm your theme forever and always to the grave. I told my mama, she was like, that's what she said. She was like, I'm going to howl in your face. Here's the thing. Okay. So my mom called me and said, well, I know that everyone your age has themed weddings. And I was like, no, we don't. And she was like, well, I thought that everyone has one and I didn't want to be left out. So I created a theme. Wait, what can, can I know the theme? You're yeah, no, it's actually really creative. Wait, you're killing me. So her and Tom are meeting each other in their not sixties. What do you mean? They're meeting each other. Like they, they know each other like, Oh, they late in met. Life. Oh, oh. And so they're, they've always said like, I wish I knew you when I was younger. And so that's going to be their theme. So it's going to be like a memory lane kind of thing where oh my God. each of the, tables is going to have like diff like instead of tables being numbered they're going to be different categories like different like chapters of life so like a, one table is going to be like awkward high school pictures and one's going to be like christmas and one's going to be like family vacations and it's going to be like them like pictures of them growing up oh my god scattered around and their i think their wedding song is going to be i wish i met you when i was younger apparently a song it is it's a really like popular song right now okay well that's like their whole theme and it's kind of like disco sounding so i feel like it's it's a good very tom then yeah i feel like tom would really like it but anyway so that's their theme which is a good theme it's super creative and it's original okay well now i need a theme now wine oh okay that was Uh, easy (laughs) but uh that's adorable i think so am i invited allison's invited okay well that's does not answer my question I think it does. 
Oh, I just smacked myself in the head. <laughs> Actually, that clink sounded better than anyone we've done so far. Oh, sorry. I just need to smack myself in the face. Yeah. Okay. Um, she's apparently... Um, well, I'm offended, Linda. I'm offended, too, but apparently she's, like, trying to do it on the super cheap. So, so when did Allison replace me? When I got a girlfriend. Fine. Well, then... Look, I'll just break up with Allison. It's fine. Okay. I'll take it. It'll work out. No, because I know you'd take Gia before me. What was that? What's happening? What was that noise? Did you hear that? I heard it. It's like a cat purring. Listen, there might be an alien invasion happening, and there might not be. Uh, well, we'll find out. But we need you to keep listening. Well, good luck to me, I guess, because I get to start this. Okay, but I do have something to say. What do you have to say? This episode, in addition to being sponsored by our wonderful sponsors, is also sponsored by one of our $25 patrons aka donators <laughs> her name's amanda w hi amanda w amanda. thank you for your service amanda amanda so thank you amanda for making us happy for making this podcast happen you know you're the reason that christine can buy wine so easily it's yeah. kind of like it's like when people are like oh can i buy you a drink it's like they're just doing it digitally I mean, they're buying you a drink all the time now. It's sort of like I manifested my dream life. <laughs> it's like you put it on your vision board for people to buy you wine every day. I did. Today at Nickelodeon, I had to do like an in, like an introduction thing that we had to memorize. And I said something about how I got rejected from the program last year. And then I put the rejection letter on my vision board. And they all started laughing. And I was like... <laughs> You're like, oh, you think I'm making a joke? Oh, <laughs> oh I guess we can pretend it's not real. <laughs> and then I went, and it worked. And they were like, ha, ha, ha. And I was like... No, but like it really worked. So. It's like you must think that I'm so crazy, but also I can show you the vision board. Maybe that could be your first decoration in the office. Oh my God. I have a giant like pin board. I should just like pin We've it. all seen the vision board. No, oh. no, no. Like it, my wall is made of like thumbtack material. Yeah. Just stick it up there. When people ask what's going on, just be like, oh, it's my vision board. And right here you can see the rejection letter from last year. Like I told you. Oh my God. Did anybody <laughs> ever know how I put the rejection letter? Then I put, um... She scratched through it and oh, wrote right. what it should have said. I did scratch through <laughs> the ones that said you didn't make it so that it, it looked like it said, I mean, didn't look like it, but it said like, you did make it into the program. And then I also cut out the back of it, which had, um, cause I thought it was fun. It said, hug me brother. And it said, um, Josh Peck from Drake and Josh. And I was like, oh, that was one of my favorite shows. Da, da, da. A week later, you met him. I met Josh Peck. And I didn't, it didn't occur to me until much later. And then I like looked at the vision board thing and I was like, I was like, oh, I was telling someone, I was like, well, this one came true and this came true and this came true. And then I pointed at that and I was like, oh my God, I hugged Josh Peck. <laughs> I hugged him. You should have told him I'm also going to work for Nickelodeon very soon. I did. And he was like, that's good for you. I don't. At least he didn't say run while you can. He put me in his, um, in his vlog. Okay. Did you see that? No. Oh I, my did God. Not, I didn't look at Josh Peck's vlog. I'm drinking a Corona in his vlog. All right. The only reason I knew it is because a bunch of listeners sent me the thing. And they were like, Christine, is that you in Josh Peck's <laughs> vlog? And I was like, I don't know. Is it? That's awesome. Anyway, what's up? I'm on. The, I'm part of the, um, the Secret Santa Facebook. Oh, there's a Secret Santa, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm part of that. I'm in. I'm hip. You're so I, hip. I post shit to the cloud and everything. Yeah, you stole my joke. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and also 
There's a poll going on in that same secret Facebook group. Go join it. Secret ATWWD podcast or just group something. Go find it. Just look on the it's on the cloud. (laughs) Um, Our awesome mod, Jessica, who is truly saves my ass with this group constantly. um, She created a poll about what merch what t-shirt people wanted to see next so there's like a poll going on so if you want any say the in first it, one just says listen i'm sure it uh, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but there's also like geo stuff related like there's some really fun ones and people can add them so if you have an idea or you want to vote just do it okay just like stop doing whatever you're doing oh and go do it would stop listening to our podcast just like like do this in the background <sighs> what we're gonna say is not important We'll give you a minute. Elevator music. Okay, did you do it? Let's hope you did. You better. I'm I'm counting the votes. From the future. Listen. I need to find my wine opener. I know where it is. Behind me. Yeah. One time somebody mailed me uh, an electric wine opener and it changed my life. It, whoever did that, you still didn't tell us your name. Who but, are you? But truly, Christine has become a better person because of it. And arguably worse person? Probably just like like just like just half a shittier person. I've like stayed on a plateau, but it's just going faster. It's going, yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like I was going down and then now I'm on a plateau and then it's just like speeding up. You're, you're just kind of like gyrating between... Like, from side to side, you're not really going up or down. I'm just, like, gyrating. You're just a a newer version of you. I just, like, gyrate all the time now. (laughs) So, whoever you are, thank you. Thanks for the gyration. (laughs) And really appreciates it. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant and cushions with easy assembly and disassembly. This is the perfect thing for your outdoor space. They also just launched a new standing desk, co-pilot with adjustable height, a durable scratch-resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever. I'm in the market for a new desk, um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark. And of course, there's Burroughs Legacy seating collections like the Nomad and Range, now available in new colors. And Em and I, that's like the only piece of furniture I think we actually share is our Burroughs sofa in the podcast department. Love that thing. And that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Um, I'm going to do this fun little ditty. Oh! From Seattle. Okay. And it's called the Harvard Exit Theater. Well, I don't know what that is. I hadn't either. 
Mm. But thank you, Google, for that for that help. This episode is sponsored by Google. Every episode <laughs> is sponsored by Wikipedia, Truly. Google, Murderpedia. Oh, to be continued. Sorry, I have to open my wine. Christine, I broke it. There it is. Uh, the Harvard Exit Theater is located in uh, downtown Seattle. The end. That was the scariest story you've told so far. So in the 1920s, it was called the Woman's Century Club. They should have kept that name. They should have. And it was dedicated to getting um, for like, you know, women would be members there and they were fighting for the right to vote and equality and all that good stuff. Ugh. Back in the 20s. Women. Am I right? <laughs> wow, are you, are you not wrong? I'll tell you that. <laughs> so uh, they were also allowed to live there. So they got to like live in their clubhouse, which was uh, awesome. Hello. That's like our plunger for it. I'm saying <laughs> we are the new century club. <laughs> uh-huh. Equality for all under the plunger for it. <laughs> Can we get a shirt with a plunger for it? Also, we live here. <laughs> um, yeah, someone make me a shirt with a plunger for it. Or just, oh, maybe like our first like thing we should hand out to people if we ever do like a meet and greet is just hand people plungers. <laughs> I feel like you are one. You are one of us now. It's like a very like Jonestown. It feels like very culty. <laughs> you are one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go on. I was about to make a really bad... Plun- poor taste. Oh. Plunger. See? There it was. Plunger. Pun. Plunger pun. Oh. Plun- <laughs> I thought you meant like plundering a town. That would have been better, wouldn't it? No, it wouldn't have. So women uh, could also live there. Um, and they lived on the second and third floors. But the first floor was like a meeting space. Hmm. Um, and they lived there until the 1970s. Or right around the 1970s. And then, um, fun fact, they still meet there twice a week. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. Even wow. though it's not, you know, it's not really meant for that anymore. Yeah. It's like a theater. But, I mean, equality still has not reigned 100%. So, I mean, still I, needed. I would say, I hope in 80 years we're still meeting in our plunger fort. Yes. I hope so, too. Can you imagine if we did this podcast until we're fucking 100? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't. I I don't like to ever think that it'll end, but it's certainly better. Like, before then, you know? Yeah. It's one of those things where you're like, I want it to go on forever, but, like, not really. It's like, oh, and, like, I will do this right after I, like, decide to retire. Like, I'll just, maybe maybe we could, like, pick it up. We'll do a spinoff. Those are really cool. Oh, that's right. We'll do it, and then we'll, like, have kids, and then we'll retire, and then we'll do it again. Right, sure. Okay. With our kids. With Gio's great-grandchildren. Right, exactly. Ah, baby G! So in... Glad we planned that out. That was a blood oath we just made, by the way. We actually just cut our fingers and put them together. Cut our... I sliced my whole hand open. What? Oh, no. What the hell? It's a lot of blood. Oh, is that what you're supposed to do? Yeah, you're supposed to really... You gotta want it. Okay, hold on. Oh, I'll use my... (laughs) I'll use my electric wine opener. Hold on. Oh, oh, and it went there through it your is. hand. Oh my. It's stuck. <laughs> they should have not given us a fucking show. Who gave it to it? We gave it to ourselves. And, and they perpetuated Why it. Why are you here? Why are you listening to this? 
<sighs> Go home. Stop. In 1968, uh, instead of it being a like a, a club anymore, it was... I'm sorry, an organization. Sorry, it was an organization. God. In 1968, uh, it opened as a cinema ran by, quote, eccentric film buffs. Eccentric is what people at my high school used to call me, which was just the nice way of saying weird. So Eccentric, I feel like, is a word that people use to describe themselves when they want to be, like, quirky. It's, like, quirky. They're like, I'm just quirky. And it's like, no. I think if you call yourself quirky, you're probably not. Yeah. I think other people have to recognize your quirks for you to be quirky. Sure. Anyway, apparently their eccentric film buff meant wild bunch of hippie types, which is not what either of us associate the word eccentric with. Not quite. But so it was ran by a bunch of hippies, and the theater manager became the district manager of the landmark theater chain. Oh, wow. Fun fact. And so in the 80s, they actually renovated the third floor to make more space Mm. and to actually put in another theater on that floor so now there's a first floor with like a lobby and a theater there's mm-hmm. a third floor with a theater and currently the second floor is more like administrative offices okay just to clarify this is like a like a cinema like a movie theater not like a th- yeah theater and, play no it's a movie theater okay and uh now it actually is where the seattle international film festival is held oh yeah that's cool um, so in the 1900s, to go way back before this building, there was a house that was actually on the site originally, and on the first floor, um, the first floor now is sits on where that house used to be, and in that house, a guy was killed during a fist fight. Oh, jeez. So it was already haunted before this building was on it, and it seems like there's just been like like an increase in spirits like one every decade someone dies or something like that it says there's like five to seven ghosts oh that people know of and one of them died in a fist fight that guy yeah he like he there was already a ghost before that building even showed up so when women were using it as like their main hub right there's already a ghost there oh good um so the first floor there's a main lobby um and it has, it like looks very 1920s and it has like a grand piano and a chandelier and all that. And the fireplace is usually lit for patrons to enjoy, like, to just like, I guess like it's just to make the lobby really look nice until they're waiting for their show to start. Sure. So that's pretty bougie. I've never gone to a movie theater where there's like a fireplace. Oh, you haven't? <laughs> no. Oh, that's weird. Um, so the first floor also has a balcony. So it's like a a bougie auditorium. Jesus. You know, with balconies inside and fireplaces out front. So the man that died in the fist fight mm-hmm. is one of the first ghosts that um that people notice. He's also one of the more frequent ones that people notice. Um he's been seen as he's been seen and described as slightly see-through and wearing an old-fashioned suit and he apparently will interact with people. Oh. Like, he'll introduce himself to people as Peter. What? (laughs) And then staff says that he will, he's a very happy spirit, and he loves joking around with people and being social. It's like, what kind of partier is this guy 
where even in death he's able to just be a social butterfly he like probably died in a drunk drunken fist fight <laughs> i know but he's like i just want to keep the party going it's like yeah but i don't want to be the downer yeah you know i don't want to be like the reason people go home like i'm not a party foul kind of a ghost but also imagine dying and having so much guilt about ruining a party that you're still incredibly social yeah. as a spirit you're like come on you're like i can make up for it stay it'll be fun i'm peter we're gonna start karaoke soon <laughs> don't leave so many have felt him standing next to them or um have felt getting pat on the back what ew so he just like like he'll just like like i imagine like he's like joking around with you and laughing and like hits you on the back and is like i'm peter and you're like what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> can you imagine like opening your eyes seeing nothing closing your eyes opening them again and now there's a man in front of you like i'm peter and, and there's just, no you blink again he's I, gone. it's it's truly a terror and I, I wonder because the staff says that he likes to be social. I'm like, how long is he sticking around with people? Like, do people think he's alive and are talking with him? Or do other people witness him talking to people that don't notice him? So yeah. just talking to, to nothing? Well, because if he's like slightly see-through, it's not like you'd be like, oh, hi, Peter. Nice to meet you. I'm the mayor's wife. Like, you wouldn't <laughs> like have a conversation with someone who's see-through, right? I mean... Or maybe it's like that thing where like we're all overly polite and we don't want to hurt each other's feelings. We're like, maybe he has a condition. Like, oh, I don't want to judge. Is this a charity event? I should have known by the fireplace. <laughs> I didn't realize this was make a donation. <laughs> Ugh, Peter. Anyway. God damn it, Peter. So anyway, that's. Uh, I mean, I feel like I like Peter though. I I I think Peter so far is my favorite out of anyone. All right. Um, many. Um, have also heard him laugh next to them. Oh, because I guess he's telling a joke and he's trying to break the silence. He's probably really funny. I wonder how funny he is. Has anyone actually heard a joke of his? I mean, he laughs at his own jokes. He can't be that funny. I laugh at my own jokes. You think I'm funny? I mean... Right? Oh my. This is Don't answer that. This is awkward. Um, also, personal belongings may be tugged on or moved. So he likes to like josh around. Oh yeah, sure. The Okay, so there's a... Two psychic investigators that came in named Jane and JR. And they are also TV producers of a talk show called Seattle in Vogue. I feel like that's just our future. We're going to be psychic investigators and TV producers. I'm sorry. Their their show is called what? Seattle in Vogue. So we're going to be like... So we're going to have some hipster ass seattle tv show about ghosts can you imagine if we were trying to be like we do have a show about ghosts what we do but can you imagine if we're trying to be vogue also like we gave up on that i am oh everyone likes your glasses by the way oh speaking of vogue thanks for saying that with such like raised eyebrows well no one mentioned my glasses literally three people mentioned your glasses. 900 people like that fucking picture and nobody mentioned my glasses i hope you like all all the messages that come in now about my glasses hey i'm peter Let me just tell you a quick joke to uh, break the silence. <laughs> so, uh, Jane and JR, mm-hmm. us in the future. Em and Christine. They, which one would you be? I mean, I feel like you'd be JR because it's like two letters, like M. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the reasoning? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, was, I mean, whatever. What's the other one? Jane. Ugh, I don't want to be Jane. Okay, well. JR sounds cooler. You know, it sounds a lot like Jane. Geo. <laughs> so it's just geo so it's just me and geo oh, having God our own go show uh is this i'm just you... trying to get you out of this can you are, tell are you like breaking some news to me right if now? geo could speak we would definitely be a three-person show and we all know it it would be a two-person show and i would be <laughs> kicked out but okay 
Actually, realistically, he'd realize what losers we are and have left by now. He'd be like, no. He'd feel like, I've been trying to escape for so long. <laughs> um, anyway, so they, the investigators slash producers slash us, were uh, looking around the place and were watching a film in the main theater. And one of them felt someone playfully toying with their hair. Mm, no. And they were the only two people in the whole theater. Okay. Um, out of the corner of her eye, Jane saw a light flicker by the screen. So something to like direct her attention there. Mm -hmm. And she saw a translucent man with a distinguished demeanor watching the film with them. So wait, they were watching a film. Yeah. They were in a theater watching a movie. Oh, what movie do you think they were watching? Their own show, probably. <laughs> they were just watching. That's us. That's <laughs> okay, I agree now. That's us. <laughs> watching our own show in an empty theater. I remember the first time we released an episode and you and I sat on your couch with earbuds and listened to our own show and laughed at all of our own jokes by ourselves. And oh, yeah. Blaze turned up the TV. <laughs> he was like... Wait, uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I actually remember that. We had a good time. We were like, wow, we're funny. Oh, man. Probably not anymore. No. No. It's okay. It was I'm, beginner's luck, I think. I'm sorry. So the same investigators you uh, had a medium come through too. Her name was Sylvia. Sure, it was. And uh, they spoke to another male spirit besides that one. Besides the distinguished besides Peter one, because apparently Peter looks really distinguished. Is he distinguished or is he like a partier? I I'm think he's like that. He's like those pictures that we all see of the 1800s, where we assume everyone was kind of a dick because mm -hmm. we don't have any pictures of them smiling. Mm -hmm. But then if we were to time travel to the 1800s, we'd be like, it was kind of chill. Yeah, like, like everyone's kind of funny. That guy like unbuttoned his vest and was like, hey, I got a joke. I think we would be pleasantly surprised in some people's personalities. Not I think, everyone's. I think you're right. I think Peter's maybe we would be surprised. I think people like Peter would be like, if I saw a picture of you 200 years from now, I would have thought you were a very strict man. Peter, I'm sorry I judged you. <laughs> you're distinguished and, and funny. Funny. And a, like, good on you, Peter. Frat boy of the 1800s. A moment of silence for all the Peters in the 1800s. All right. Gio does not want that. <laughs> Gio is like, that was me. I'm Peter. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they brought Sylvia the medium. They spoke to another male spirit. And this one had a British accent. Listen. I'm listening. Okay. Just go on. Oh. Uh, spirits have been... No that's it, by the way, on that. What do you mean? She's just like, it has a British accent as all? Well. She's like, oh, oh, case closed. I don't know how distinguished she is, but he has a British accent. <laughs> so, uh, the spirits have been known to... Oh, this spirit, the British accent guy. He has been known to, um, be friends with Peter. So, like, aw. Wait, that's adorable. adorable. Like, goals. Oh, my God. It's like... Friendship goals. It's like when you and me and Jane and JR basically uh -huh. are, like, dead. And then we're like, well, let's just, like, rewatch our own show in the afterlife. And <laughs> But really... But really. And, like, try to, like, party with people who are like, please leave me alone. <laughs> so it's, like, pretty accurate. Okay, I get it. No. And also, like, truth be told, when we die, we're still going to be friends, right? Because I've well, committed yeah. to... It's a blood oath. Oh, we just sliced we our hands just open. just sliced some blood into that cup. I put a cork... Hold on. I got it. <laughs> Do you want to drink some blood? Um, no. It looks like blood, though, because it's red. I just put a cork through my hand, so you... Um, cork. I put a corkscrew through my hand, so you better be... A cork uh, in your hand? Listen. Uh, it's like a tampon. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, because I'm like... Uh, I thought if you, like, if you cut your hand open, put with a the cork in it... Right, and then put the cork? Okay. Yeah. Just cut that out. You're not going to. I absolutely I won't. 
Oh, I'm sorry for everyone. I didn't even like myself there. You are definitely Peter in a past life. I'm seeing it now. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I get it. <laughs> good, good to know that I'm similar to someone dead. Um, so <laughs> the two of them apparently like bro out all the time. And the, it's just, the, it's the eternal bromance. You it's know? us. Oh, uh, <laughs> so sweet. Um, so they've been known to reorganize the film canisters around the projection room when people go home. So what do you like mean just, reorganize? Like, like just, just fuck it fuck up? It up. Oh, that's like, definitely yeah, that's to- Can you imagine like, if we're yeah. dead and ghosts and stuck in one building for eternity? We're Where there's apparently alcohol. So I feel like <laughs> I'm have a grand old time reorganizing shit. So over the years, managers have opened the building and found the movie projector was already on and showing a film that they didn't have no or it would play movies uh from a projection room that was entirely bolted shut and locked by a key when the manager left and the door would be wide open ew um yeah ew. in the 1940s a woman was suffocated in the building what what do you mean like she was suffocated like with a pillow um probably not probably you- by hands you mean like strangled i don't have any more information for you this was a tough cookie to research. I'll tell you that. Okay. All right. I'll just take it. <laughs> just know that. And also, apparently, she is not, like, part of the bromance, oh. which is kind of sad. Um, they only find her by herself sobbing. So Wait. Oh, do you think she's, like, a little too clingy? And they're like... Oh, yeah. No. You know? She's, like, the third wheel. Mm-hmm. That's I sad. I think so. She's got FOMO. It's, like, me in the relationship between you and Gio. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who's just, like... Oh, I just want to be your friend. Look, okay, but between the two of us, like, it breaks even because you're miserable that you can't be part of our squad goals. I get it. Mm-hmm. I would be miserable, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. But also, I have to leave him. You get to live with him. That's true. So, like, who wins? It is, like... Like, the only reason we, like, drive so much is because every time we see each other, it's, like, a condensed, impacted amount of time. So it's, like, a love triangle, and Gio's, like, the common denominator. Yes. Okay. You get it. So she just cries a lot. She just cries. She's just needy. She's on the balcony of the first floor theater. Um, She has been felt and seen. And anytime people feel her or sense her, they feel someone sad in the room with them. Oh. And then they've also seen her. So a janitor was vacuuming and suddenly felt like she wasn't alone in the the room anymore. On the patio? No. Oh, I thought she was on a balcony. Do you know what a theater balcony is? Oh, I literally thought you meant like outside there was a balcony. And no, I was no, like, no. it's weird to have a balcony on the first floor. Okay. <laughs> that it would be weird. Although it is weird to have a balcony on the first floor inside too, isn't it? That should be more weird, but for some reason it's not. Okay. Uh, sorry. Vacuuming. Okay. Go on. A janitor was vacuuming. <laughs> just vacuuming the cement. <laughs> I was like, just cleaning the pavement. A lot of leaves out there. And uh, suddenly felt like she wasn't alone in the room and... She had like an overwhelming sadness. Oh. And in the in the balcony she saw a woman wearing an old fashioned Victorian dress standing there. And since uh since the janitor, a lot of other people have seen her too. Like it's she's become a very regular person for people to recognize. Mm. And if you just see a woman in a bal- in the balcony, usually it's her because apparently that balcony is now blocked off. Wait, and, for real? Yeah. And people like don't aren't allowed to sit there. Like none of the balconies are. I think it's because like they're just old and Oh. Um, but so if you see someone there and they're wearing a Victorian dress, it's her. I'm going to wear a Victorian dress to that theater and be like, you're like a force to be reckoned with. I think (laughs) 
Listen, I'm really wild. If you ever find out a place is haunted, you're going to be like, tell me everything so I know just how to fuck with people. I'm going to haunt everyone. I'm just like, I like to lead like a wild life. <laughs> Go on. I'm always crazy. I'm always crazy. Four, four, four. Um, so two different female entities and their friends have been seen in person and in photos. Um, so like someone will take a picture of an empty room. Like you'll just be taking a picture of like how nice it is and that there's a fucking fireplace and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And in the empty photos, they'll show up. Ooh. And people without taking pictures have been in the room and seen them. And apparently it's two, two girls and their friends. So it's like a little fucking posse, like taking selfies and shit. Wait, so they get to be a group. The two bromance get to, and then that one girl's just like crying by herself. It sounds like high school all over again. It sounds like high school very badly. Oh, no. You got the pranksters. You've got the populars. The selfie takers. Mm. And then you've got, like, that poor girl who, like, eats in the bathroom. Me. That was me, too. (laughs) (laughs) Aw, we would have had fun. Imagine if we, like, were sitting in the same stall from Virginia and Ohio. I like how we pretended to be the bromance ones and we're, like, actually... (laughs) No, we're actually the... I saw a tweet today where uh, it was a picture of Eeyore, and people were like, this guy used to fucking make me so mad when I was a kid, and now I'm like, ooh, I get you, Eeyore. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah. you want to think you're not him, and then you're like... You're like, okay. Oh, but I feel you so like hard. Like, the day you remember... you Like, the day it hits you that you're Eeyore, your day just... You just... Really, self-actualization has finally hit you. Yes, it's like... It's a good thing and a bad thing all at once. It's like, I get everything makes sense. You can't lie to yourself anymore. So anyway, the theater manager at the time, her name was Janet, and she met these spirits multiple times and felt that they were very positive and polite, which I don't believe. They sound like a bunch of plastics. They sound like a CW show. Yeah, they sound like Pretty Little Liars. Yes, exactly. Which is not CW before people try to say something. Um, Um, Actually, I think it is. Isn't it actually on Disney Channel and also National (laughs) Geographic? It's on Disney and HBO. And Discovery. It's, yeah. Uh-huh. And in the Bible. So. <laughs> but only the Old Testament. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a group of girls huddled together being polite was in Genesis. So many duck faces. <laughs> uh, anyway, on one of her first days, Janet, the theater manager, went into the lobby and saw a woman sitting near the fireplace reading a book. The woman had her hair in a bun on top of her head and a long floral dress, and she was slightly see-through. The woman then slowly melted into thin air. Melted is a weird word. Melted? Melted. In future encounters with this spirit, the the woman reading would look up to Janet, smile pleasantly, turn off the lamp, and walk out of the room. Oh, ew. Which is kind of a side eye of like, you're fucking bothering me, I'm trying to read. It's like, oh, sorry. Like, if my roommate looked up at me, smiled pleasantly, turned off the lamp, while I was still in the fucking room, and walked out, I'd be like, okay, point taken. I'd be like, fine, get out. I want to watch TV. I'd be like, goodbye. Um, okay. Actually, I'd be like, I'm so sorry. Did I hurt your feelings? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Before Blaze listened to this and was like, stop trying to like pretend you're somebody you're not. <laughs> so, um, okay. So the fire, it was the theater manager's duty every night to light the traditional fireplace that people would stand next to while they were waiting for their show. Like, like an Olympian torch. The traditional fireplace. The traditional fireplace. <laughs> okay. Sometimes the manager would come into the room and the fire would already be perfectly lit as if it had been a little while ago and is now like at a, at a nice roar. Oh God. 
On these occasions, the chairs have already been moved around the fireplace to welcome people in. Or as if people had already been sitting there chatting. Ew. These seem like really hospitable ghosts. Like, can they come do my fucking chores? Like, maybe Janet's right. <laughs> maybe Janet should just leave them alone. Yeah, Janet. Sometimes uh, Janet didn't have to even enter a dark lobby at night because a tall female spirit would leave the lobby, smile at her, and then switch on the lights as she left so Janet could see in the room before she had to go through. So there's one ghost who's turning off the lights. There's one ghost who's turning on the lights. Like, Again. obviously, they're evil twin sisters. It's clearly a CW show. <laughs> I mean, like, a Discovery Channel, HBO, National Geographic show. Bible. Yeah. Bible show. Old Testament show. <laughs> so the spirit who's apparently super nice, um, her name is probably Bertha K. Landis. No, it's not. It just might be. <laughs> it's not a name. Big Bertha, because she's also apparently super tall. Um, she was one of the presidents of the Women's Century Club when it was at its height, and she was Seattle's first mayor. Wait, shut the fuck up. Yeah, and she's so nice. Wait, a woman was Seattle's first mayor? A female. That's amazing. Unless I did my research wrong, someone can tell me about it later. But that was definitely in the facts on its own. I didn't, like, research it and find that out. It was, Bertha. like, part of, it was part of the What notes. a badass. Big Bertha. And she's nice. So during the investigation with you, me, and our buddies, Jane and JR. Right, sure. And with our buddy, the medium. Mm -hmm. The medium also spoke to a stern older woman who wanted to know why they were in her place. Oh, no. This must be the one who turned out the lights. <laughs> she told the medium that she and the other ghosts know that they're dead and to not tell them anymore that they have to move on. <gasps> Quote... We like it here. This is our home. You wouldn't want to leave your home in the middle of the night, and neither do we. Wait. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, can I say a little personal thing? Yeah. So a woman, a woman that I'm good friends with out here, uh, she moved to a new house and like hadn't had any really paranormal experiences before. But she moved to a new house in Pasadena and had all these like weird experiences and one day she went into her bedroom and she had a necklace that was kind of like hanging on a lamp or something. And it was just like spinning really fast as if someone had like hit it. And, um, like her car alarm would go off and just like weird little things Jeez. started happening. So she, she did like Akashic record stuff. So she like did some spiritual research, let's call it. Okay. And apparently it was two children. She's like, okay, good. I know what to do. Like I'll, I'll help them move on. And I guess, she was kind of like told, like, no, they don't want to move on. This is you can tell them to like leave you alone or and don't bother you, but like, this is their home. They want to be here. And and you you've know. signed on to two more roommates. Right. Congratulations, <laughs> and they're both children and they're children. Um, but yeah, so she's like, yeah. So they, I was basically told like, no, they they want to be here. They're allowed to be here. Don't you can't force. Them Isn't that wild? Because we always see in movies that like. You're trying to cast them away They're or stuck. tell them to go to the next place. And it's like, mm -hmm. makes you think, like, why wouldn't they want to? Yeah. You know? And her spirit guide said basically that they're here for the time being because this is where they're meant to be right now. And they're happy there. And maybe they'll move on their own time. Exactly. And I was like, that's really fascinating. Yeah. Because they were having fun. She's like, yeah, they would, like, play with my stuff and move my jewelry around and, like honk my car horn and the only thing i'd be scared of is like once i accepted that reality and i was like okay i live with two children's spirits i would feel i wouldn't want them to think that now that i'm open-minded enough to let it happen 
that all of a sudden shit would just be flying across the room in front of me and i'd be like no no we're gonna have some boundaries well no she like did a thing she was like you know you're not allowed to touch my stuff you're not allowed to like interfere with my life or whatever you can stay here but and then nothing ever happened again oh wow so obedient kids so anyway on to the second floor sure uh so the woman who is strangled um she said she was suffocated now she's suffocated yes okay apparently she was strangled the woman who died <laughs> let's just leave it there <laughs> she is dressed in a victorian period long dress although the hauntings mainly occur on the first and second floor that girl the one who cries a lot um she apparently also visits the administrative offices which is literally us going into the bathroom at high school because no one would be there that's true Oh my god! So she goes to the administrative offices and floats down the hallway, or cries until you approach her, and then she vanishes. She's like moaning Myrtle. Yes, Wait. she's moaning Myrtle. I have a moaning Myrtle costume. So we've got a bromance, uh-huh. moaning Myrtle, and mm-hmm. the plastics. Yeah. Whoa! What an interesting environment that is. Oh, and they're all dead. Wait. Pause. Let's write a sitcom about it. Done. I'm like not kidding. Okay. Okay. Um, trademark. Don't steal that. <laughs> We have it on audio recording. November 15th. It's on the cloud. Do not steal it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she's... Oh, and by, oh wait. Let's re- rewrite that trademark. Bromance, Moaning Myrtle, Plastics from the Bible. Oh, right, right. It's I all don't, said in the Old Testament. Obviously, religion matters here. Right, sure. It's also a religious show. November so anyway. 15th. <laughs> trademark. So, um, <laughs> so Moaning Myrtle, she will wait until you approach her and while she's crying and then she'll leave. Okay. She's like, she's also kind of like a crazy girlfriend. Really needy. Yeah. She's kind of just like, I want you to see me crying, but I don't want you to think you can fix it, but also you better want to fix yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, and she's then like, also when you try to approach me, I'm just going to leave and I need you to feel confused about that. Right. She's like, I'm fine. And then you're like, okay. And she's like, oh, that's it. You're not going to ask <laughs> like me. Like you're real. It's like, leave. Fine. I'll leave. So you're really just going to leave Wait, like that? You're like, going <laughs> to walk out? <laughs> Whoa. Um, okay. Anyway, third floor. <laughs> Let's just ride that elevator. Let's leave her down there. Um, the spirit of Big Big B, Miss oh, Bertha. Big B, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's been seen on the first and third floor lobbies. Um, and apparently she's just always super nice. My homegirl. Dude. If I had to have a ghost, I want it to be my main Bertha. Bertha the mayor? I mean, geez. Bertha the mayor. And the president of the Women's Century Club in, like, whenever she was also mayor. <laughs> right, <laughs> I, I don't right. even want to think about the year. Right then, yeah. A while back. Um, regularly, people will not just see Big Bertha. They will... Oh, also, we have to throw her into the sitcom. Trademarked November 15th. Oh, wait, wait, yeah, 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 yeah. Trademark. <laughs> Old Testament. Okay. Oh, you know what would be the ultimate feminist move, though, is if Big Bertha in our show is God. Ooh. Because she deserves that. Listen. Anyway, not only do people see Bertha, they see a thought form. No, that's not. Which is an, apparently a name for this thing, a thought form. Like a cloud, like when you're thinking of something? That's what I thought, like a comic bubble. Like bubbles, yeah. No, apparently it's like a like a cloud. Oh, dear. Where people post shit. And, <laughs> the cloud <laughs> but they've named it the thought form um which a lot of people will feel intensely it's like a lot of emotions what but only a few people can see it but everyone everyone feels it when it's nearby wait is this a, have you heard of this before no we're, we're all learning something today the thought cloud the or thought form the thought form which i think is just like this 
like staff's wording for it. I think it's just an energy. Wait, so it's it, people can see an actual cloud. Some people cloud. have seen an actual cloud, but mainly people feel it and it's a very overwhelming emotion. What emotion? Let me tell you. So Alan, Big Al, right? Um, he took over for Janet when she just couldn't handle that many hospitable ghosts in one environment. Janet was like, I just want to make the fireplace one time. He's like, Can, do I get any credit here? Stop turning the lights on for me. So Alan took over as theater manager. And when he first got there, he always felt something super hostile, always following him around. Oh. And one night he was locking up the theater with his assistant and they both thought that they saw this cloud entity thing. They didn't really think they, they just, they saw like a gray mist essentially. Yeah. And they kind of assumed that maybe it was like a dust cloud or something. I don't know. They were just trying to rationalize the shit. <laughs> but they saw this giant cloud. Uh-huh. And then before they could ask each other about anything, they heard a giant bang behind them. Oh, no. So they were looking at this thing probably like 20 feet in front of them and then hear a giant bang like right behind them. So they freak out and run upstairs where they hear some like leftover guests talking. Just thinking, like, oh, let's be near people. Right. Which is funny that the staff is, like, relying on the patrons of, like, oh, let's go hide by them. (laughs) They're like, (laughs) if it follows us, at least we can hide behind the guests. Yeah, exactly. They're disposable. (laughs) So they ran up to where they heard a bunch of people, and then when they got to that room, no one was actually there. No. And everyone had left. So they looked around, and they heard a door close that goes up to the roof. And they were like, okay, well, that's not good. We're already closing. Who's going up to the roof? Oh, geez. And they thought that was where the voices trailed off, that they went upstairs. Yeah. So they ran over, and nobody could have closed the door. Like, they saw the door close. Right. And they should have seen people walk out with it, and they didn't. Mm -hmm. They just saw a door open and close. But they thought, okay, maybe they were just really slick, and we didn't, you know, we weren't paying attention. Right. So they ran over to try to open the door, and it was like one of those doors you have to pull open. Mm-hmm. And someone was holding it on the other end, on like oh. behind it. Oh, 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 oh. So the two of them together finally yank it open. I would run away from that. Why right? do you want to open that? <laughs> right? I'd be like, okay, you win. Um, Go on the roof. I don't care. So they finally yanked the door open, and nobody was there. Oh, no. Oh, no. And also, it was like a small roof. Like, you could, like, look around and just see if someone was there or not, and no one was there. So right around then is when um, our favorite investigators slash TV producers. Sylvia. Oh, no. Sylvia's the medium. Right. Okay. So she came with them on their little scout or of to oh, investigate. Sure. So it's Jane and J- J.R. 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 Um, so they showed up right around that experience. Okay. And one of the things they did after hearing that story is they left a magnet by the door that led to the roof and they left cameras there. And they just had it rolling and, like, continually charging and playing blah, 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 So they were recording that door with a magnet next to it. And um, when they looked back at the tape, apparently they saw this thought form cloud. Oh, no. Like, manifest itself on one part of the hall, walk across the hall. Wait, it's a person? No, it's a, it's a like, float it, across the hall. Oh. A cloud. It had feet? <laughs> Jesus, sorry. I'm just, we're just like creating new people. All I of thought sudden. you meant it manifested like into no, it, a person. <laughs> oh, that'd be wild. That's what I think you meant. Um, no, like a cloud just showed up out of nowhere. Okay. Like just formed out of nowhere. Right. The cloud then floated across the hallway and then opened the door and left out the door. Oh, jeez. And the, went, the roof door. Yeah. Okay. And as, and you can see the 
as it gets closer and closer to the door, the magnet starts freaking out. And when it walked through the door, the magnet like couldn't, it was just spinning and spinning and spinning. No. Because it couldn't handle it. So when the, when Jane and JR uh, and Sylvia, Sylvia, my friend, the medium, when they all tried to sit down and talk to this thought form, they uh, came to this conclusion because everyone was like, what the fuck is a thought form? Is this a ghost or like, what is this? And essentially, it is a collective mass energy from all of the spirits over time. And it's like all their leftover residual emotions just balled into one energy. No. So it actually has no personality. It's not a remnant from a human spirit. It's only a collective will meant to surround people with the over, with the, with all the, the leftover emotions. So is it all negative or is it just a mix of everything? So the medium Sylvia. Uh-huh. Uh, decided, not decided, but came came to like this kind of conclusion that after talking to it, like as she was talking to it, she was hearing multiple voices, like the everyone, everyone's residual feelings were kind of coming out to her. So it wasn't just one person she was talking to. It was all this leftover stuff from different people. And she said it was molded over many years from several spirits um, and probably began with the group of women fighting for equality who had really strong energies all built up and they were all living together. Oh. So it was all those energies probably kind of combining themselves into this one big force. Because remember, they were eccentric hippie movie buffs. Oh, right. The eccentric ones. The, right. Yeah. The quirky ones. Yeah. And so they, and also the 60s and 70s, people are doing drugs and all that. Right. Um, so, and also they were super spiritual. They, that building was also used not just as like a strong feminist organization, but it, they also taught about spirituality, including how to communicate with spirits, oh boy. how to do seances, all that stuff. So that probably just added to mm-hmm. that energy. Mm-hmm. And then the renovation of adding the third floor in the eighties also probably caused a buildup because for some reason, renovations always stir up weird energies that are residual. Um, so it probably began with the energies of the woman. It was followed by all of that spiritual communication practice and finished with the renovations of the building. But it was probably mainly all the strong women who were watching over the building because this thing seems to watch over the building. Yeah. 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 So it doesn't matter. Like to answer your question of like what people actually feel, the emotion changes all the time. Like people can feel, dread or excitement or empowered or anything i want like an empowerment cloud to follow me around i want a productive one someone teach me how to (laughs) get shit done and anyway that's why i drink this week that wow that so okay so that's why you drink this week so what's your story oh (laughs) gotcha that's a good one This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. 
Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind, especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink so here's the thing i decided to do um somebody today to cover a murderer okay that you expressed interest in a long time ago ed gein yes <laughs> He's my favorite. I know. I've been saving this one for you. So I, today I was like, what should I do? And I was like, you know what? Let's throw Emma Bone. You know? Scratch my back. Get it? Throw Emma Bone. Ed Gein. Emma. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stop. Let's move on. So I'm going to tell you all about Ed Gein. A.K.A. Leatherface? Yes. Okay. A.K.A. Oh, God, he had so many names. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. A.K.A. Inspiration. Norman Bates. A.K.A. He was the inspiration for a lot of people. Silence of the Lambs. A.K.A. Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. A.K.A. What what a nut job. (laughs) A.K.A. Sorry for your ears. Sorry for your ears. Literally. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Never mind. It doesn't come across. Sorry for your nipples. How about that? You'll get it. You'll get I, it in a I minute, guys. I made a nipple joke, and then I was like, mm, <laughs> I'll save it, but I'm glad you did it. All right. Okay. Sorry for your nipples. Ed Gein was born on August 27, 1906 in La Crosse County, Wisconsin. His parents were not in a happy marriage, surprise, but they stayed together because of their religious beliefs about divorce. Mm. Healthy. No comment. His mother, Augusta, moved the family to a farm on the outskirts of Plainfield, Wisconsin, to prevent outsiders from influencing her sons. No comment. Ed was only able to leave home to go to school. The rest of the time, he was doing chores on the farm. Okay. Um, Augusta, his mother, had some pretty strong religious beliefs. She was a fervent, devout Lutheran, um, and she told her kids that the world was immoral. Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, she said drinking was evil. Probably. Wrong. Oh. And all women, excluding herself, of course, uh, were prostitutes and instruments of the devil. 
isn't that always fun when they're like women are whores it's like okay but mom like aren't you a woman like you're confusing me that argument gets me every time it's like oh so you're no longer a prostitute but you were or you still are or you're just like a totally different or you're like the virgin mary out of like it's like but you're also telling me i have to go like populate and have kids for you and you can't wait to have grandkids but where in the sea of 100 percent prostitutes am i supposed to find a non-prostitute yeah what a good anyway no comment uh, she basically said, like, any woman they ever met was a prostitute, instrument of the devil. Like, they couldn't trust any woman. She said alcohol was, um... Like, the devil's plaything. Basically, it was evil, which their father was an alcoholic, so, like, that messed with their brains even more, mm. basically. Um, so she would read the Bible to them every afternoon. Okay. It was, um... This chapter of the Old Testament called, like, The Plastics and uh, right. the CW sitcom. <laughs> it was, oh, Pretty Little Liars 316. <laughs> got it. <laughs> that was my favorite passage growing up. Yeah, I used to. It re- got me through. My mom read it to me in Sunday school. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, blah, blah, blah. Every afternoon she read the Bible aloud, usually picking the extra graphic Old Testament verses about death, murder, prostitution. Uh, like revenge of God, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed himself was somewhat effeminate, so he got bullied a lot. Uh, but he was also pretty weird, and sometimes he would just laugh loudly to himself for no reason. Um, his mother wouldn't allow him to make friends. Uh, she abused him and his older brother verbally, and decided they were destined to become failures like their father. Aww. Um. So when Ed's that was was big bertha woof you ever think us as spirits because obviously like when you're in like time and space mean nothing to you sure so you can just bounce or i mean do you think that ghosts can time travel yeah i like to think that my spirit likes like haunts me like fucks with me all the time oh like your future like your spirit like my future spirit time travels back to right now and fucks with me all the time so fascinating I was just thinking, like, maybe your future self and my future self slash our spirits are hanging out in here right now, like, just fucking up our microphones all the time. No wonder my wine's always emptier than I thought it was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can drink it so much faster when you're dead. That's actually a great excuse for me as an alive person to be like, well, it was my ghost. I don't know how to explain this to you. (laughs) Every time I fall, I'm like, oh, that was my future me just, like, pushing me. It's fine. bullying me. Anyway, anyway, um, Ed was pretty effeminate, so he got bullied a lot. Um, he was pretty weird. He would okay. She was pretty eccentric. He this. was pretty eccentric. Oh, hey, right. he was actually um, he had a lot of quirks. He was pretty... he was part of this movie club. I oh heard. Oh my god, really? With a bunch of hippies or some shit. I don't know. I mean, I feel like he cried a lot on a balcony that was either indoor or outdoor. I'm not sure. Oh, he's the one in the Victorian dress. That's. No wonder they thought he was effeminate. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I love when we do like collabs. Like, I mean, I feel like... It's like we planned it. It's like a mixtape. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. <laughs> so, that, that, that. What should I say next? Mm-hmm. Make it up. Okay. When uh, Ed's dad, George, died in 1940, Ed and his older brother started working odd jobs to help pay the bills. They both worked as handymen. Handy people. Handy people. Handy people. Handy beings. Handy beings. 
they started working Andy as... Souls. <laughs> we're just, I, I can't stop. We're getting more and more ethereal as we go. <laughs> <laughs> Handy beings. But Ed often babysat kids around the neighborhood too, which... No, don't. No. I am confused. I mean, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll find out what happens. So Ed was always trying to make his mom happy, but his older brother started rejecting his mom's worldview and was like, no, you kind of fucked us up. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, he was concerned that Ed himself was too attached to their mother for obvious reasons. Oh, hashtag Norman Bates. Hashtag Norman fucking Bates. Hashtag my true love. What's his name? Freddie Highmore, not oh my Norman God. Bates. I met Freddie Highmore one time and I almost cried. Hi, Blaze. So his older brother started talking, like criticizing his mom in front of Ed. And Ed was like not having it. On May 16th, 1944, there was a brush fire near the farm and the brothers went out to extinguish it. They got separated. And by the time the fire was extinguished, Ed reported to police that his brother was missing. Oh, no. They organized a search party and Ed just casually led them directly to his brother's body, Mm. uh, which was laying on the ground. There were, shall we say, suspicious circumstances surrounding his death. Um, The ground he was laying on had not been burned at all. Ooh. uh, And he had bruises all over his head. Uh, But police dismissed the possibility of foul play and no charges were filed against Ed. Okay. Even though a lot of investigators argued that Ed had something to do with it. So after this, Ed lived alone with his mother because his father and brother had both died. And then she died after several strokes on December 29th, 1945, which was about a year and a half after the death of his brother. Which is when Ed kind of lost his mind. Okay. Hashtag Norman Bates. Hashtag your boyfriend outside of your boyfriend. Yeah, that one. So Ed kind of lost it at this point and... His mother had been basically his only friend, um, his, like, true love, he called her. Um, I know. He basically said he was absolutely alone in the world at this point, so he was a lost soul. Uh, He continued to live on the farm, though, and he supported himself doing odd jobs. He boarded up all the rooms that his mother used to use, uh, including the whole upstairs, uh, the downstairs parlor living room. And then he lived in a small room next to the kitchen. So like he just boarded up everything. It's actually creepy. There are photos online of like his mom's bedroom and stuff. Like he just mm-hmm. boarded them up and left them alone for years. Um, so at this point he developed an affinity for death cult magazines and adventure stories. Of course. And so did we. Right. Moving on. <laughs> 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 I mean, I was like okay with us being like Jane and JR and like watching our own show, but but also we're like we're kind of slowly getting there. Ba- like purely for science. Fair. Death Cult magazine sounds like our kind of jam. It sounds like something we would at least crack open. Let's fast forward about 12 years. On November 16th, 1957, a hardware store owner named Bernice Warden disappeared. Her son who happened to be a sheriff uh, told investigators that Ed Gein had been in her store the night before she disappeared and said he'd be back the next day to buy a gallon of antifreeze. Mm. They looked at her sales receipts, and the last sales slip that she had signed was a gallon of antifreeze 
Mm. And that was the morning she disappeared. That was the last receipt she had on the register. Okay, gotcha. So police were like, let's check out Ed Gein and see what he's up to. They went to his farm, um, and they found Bernice Warden's body in a shed. Oh, that was easy. Let's talk about what happened here. Okay. Maybe if you have children or if you are my dad and eating a marmalade muffin, stop listening. Okay. Okay? Good disclaimer. All right. Um, she had been hung upside down by ropes at her wrists with a crossbar at her ankles. She'd been decapitated. Mm. And she had been, um, her torso, which... We know how you feel. You know how I feel. Her torso had been gutted like a deer. Mm. Uh, they determined she'd been shot with a twenty-two caliber rifle and had been mutilated after death. So at least... At least, like, if there were a silver lining. At the time... there Right. There's not, but, like, the tiniest bit. At least this happened later, but still. Um, then they were like, oh, I don't know what they were like. Yeah, they probably were just like, oh, oh they, my. Well, they, they were probably vomiting, <laughs> I mean. I imagine. Yeah. So then they went to the house. This is what they found. I'm just going to list it. Okay. Four noses. Mm-hmm. With the bone? Or just flaps? No, just like the nose, like the cartilage. Like the okay. nose itself. Got it. A full nose. A like full the nose. emoji. It. They found like... A bunch of emojis. Oh, right. Okay. You didn't think these were real. They were ahead of their time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how it looks in the emoji. Right, yeah. That's what they found. Yeah, it was actually Steve Jobs' house. Perfect. Okay. They found whole human bones as well as fragments of bone. They found nine masks made of human skin. Yep. They found bowls made from human skulls. Yep. Ten female heads with the tops sawed off. <sighs> Human skin covering several chair seats. Oh, my God. The head of a woman named Mary Hogan, who was a tavern operator who'd been missing for three years. Oh, my God. Uh, I think it, her head was found in a box. They found a wastebasket made of human skin. They found Bernice Warden's head, the mm -hmm. woman's body who was in the shed. Mm -hmm. um, they found her head in a burlap sack. They found her heart in a plastic bag in the stove. Oh, my God. They found a bunch of women's fingernails that had been pulled off. I know. I'm you know how I feel I'm, about... Listen. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I, I just tried to throw that in there casually. I'm pressing them down just to make sure they don't leave. Ooh. A necklace made of tongues. I want... I mean, it's not something to joke about. Let's all be real. But at the same time, it's like, I wonder why he saw a tongue and was like, that's perfect jewelry. No, Versus but, something else. But for real, because some of the stuff he made were, was such a random... Like, I would never, like, also he, that's some cocky personality to be like, oh, I can just leave this as my chair seat now. Yes. Like, I will someone, use this as Someone could maybe come over ever. Yeah. Maybe he just always thought if someone comes over, I'll just kill them. Maybe that's just always I don't spot. know if he was thinking much at all, to be honest. Okay, that's fair. Except but also, a, like, a heart in a plastic bag in an oven. Like, I hope he wasn't planning on cooking something in a plastic fucking bag. I did read that. Oh, no, sorry. It was in front of the oven. The plastic bag was in oh. front of the oven. But I did read that evidence showed he did eat some parts of bodies. Okay. But Interesting I to don't know. That was only in two sources. The necklace made of tongues. Okay. And, okay, this one I saw a photo of. Oh, God. bless you. An apron made out of swaths of stretched out human skin. Uh-huh. Um, and it was sewed together, like, 
you know, like patches, on, like on those shows where the coroner, like in a crime show where the coroner has like those huge stitches. Uh huh. Oh, like when they do an autopsy, and like they... a big chunky sew. Mm-hmm. So it was an apron made out of swaths of stretched out human skin, but there was like a face on it. So... <gasps> yeah. Oh no. So there was like a face, and then one was like a breast, so it had like a nipple on it, and one was like a thigh. Like oh my god! And he just sewed it all together into an apron. I'm like, but that's what you were saying, like an apron. Like what? Like why would you? It's not like you saw one person's face and was like that is half of an apron. Now I just have to find the right boob. Yeah, like it's which like, nipple will make the top of the apron? Right. Yeah, like I feel like he was just desperate to put them somewhere. Yeah, it's so weird. It's almost like a minimalist mindset of like I need to make use of all of these things. So let me just find a reason to need it but then why do you need why do you no, need this at all like, like why is the head of someone who died three years ago why is that in a box it's like that's like some shitty christmas gift you didn't want you to shove it in a box and never look at it for yeah, three years that's like some hoarder shit like when you if you're gonna cut someone's head off isn't it because you need it for something i don't know i don't i don't understand <laughs> it. i don't i don't get it i'd love to tell you i'd love to answer your question i just have so many questions and none of them will ever be answered i think and i don't even want the answers i don't think any of us need the answer I don't think he knows the answer, to be honest. All right. The next one's just even worse. All right. Bring on my commentary. They found nine vulvas in a (gasps) shoebox. And two of them were from 15-year-old girls. (gasps) Oh. I know. I know. Oh, no. No comment. Move on. They found skulls on his bedposts. They found... Several organs in the refrigerator. They found a... This one's weird. A pair of human lips on, like, a a drawstring of a window shade. <gasps> so it was like... Why do you need that? That's what I'm saying. It's so fucking weird. Like, it was, like, blinds. But then on the string, there was, like... He had sewn a pair of, like, human lips onto it. How creepy is that? I'm trying to think of if he thinks he's being... You know how people, like, think they're artsy and sometimes they just, like, they're not hitting their stride? They're like, I'm eccentric. I'm, <laughs> you wouldn't get it. I'm trying to think, like, what... Like, if was he going for art? Like... I don't think... I, I mean... Look, I, I'm trying to I make sense of it. I don't think it's possible. The only thing I can think of is, like, if it's the string of a dro- Like, of the window. That kind of looks like a tooth at the bottom. And then the string looks like floss. So it's like a mouth. I mean, I don't fucking know. I don't know, and it's all fucked up, and I shouldn't even well, be like making comments. Like an apron looks like it has nipples and a mouth. Yeah, you're right. I sh- <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> and for some reason, this guy's like the most fascinating to me. But that's why it's because there's so oh. you don't even know what question you want to ask first. Totally, it doesn't make because it's so outrageous. Yeah. Um, and let's not forget horrible. Well, we, sure. Before we come off obviously. as too insensitive, obviously. Um. They found a lampshade made from the skin of a human face. Oh, my. Oh, no. Um, And then famously. The nipple belt. A nipple belt. A belt made from human female nipples. Which is easy to find on Google Images, by the way, for the uh, sick and twisted. BTW. A lot of these are on the internet. A lot of them are. But the nipple belt is... Like, in documentaries about him, they will show pictures oh, yeah. of the nipple belt. It's like that's like common. That's, like, the thing that he's known for. I will also say that maybe if you want to research this, don't do it when you're working 
at your job for three weeks and you work at Nickelodeon and a kid show. you use their work internet and you're like, oh. mm, let me research this guy. And then you're like, wait, is that what I think it is? Oh, oh okay. That's like the worst place except like a church. No, I think Nickelodeon's worse because I could get fired from there. Oh, okay. At least I can ask God for forgiveness. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> so, Gein was questioned by police. Duh. Um, and he told investigators that between 1947 and 1952, he made about 40 nighttime visits to local graveyards to dig up freshly buried bodies. Oh, my God. He said this happened while he was in a daze-like state. And sometimes during his visits, he would wake up from his daze realize like see where he was leave the grave intact and go home empty-handed oh so like this only happened when he had some sort of dissociative yeah experience like a sleepwalking or a day some what sort of- a sleepwalk jesus christ <laughs> stop taking ambien ed Gein. <laughs> how many times do we have to tell you sometimes he dug up the graves of recently buried middle-aged women that he thought looked like his mother Mm-hmm. Um, and then he would take their bodies home and tan their skins oh. so that he could use them for his, like, projects. Gross. Uh, they weren't sure at first if they believed that Edgeen could actually single-handedly, like, dig up a grave in a night and rebury right. it. So they had to exhume two coffins to be sure, and they found both of them empty. So he was telling the truth. Um, Ed explained, this was his explanation for what happened. He said after his mother died, he decided he wanted a sex change, and he thought the best way to go about this was to create a woman suit uh, out of skin, so he could crawl into his mother's skin and become her whenever he wanted. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just just let that soak in. Uh, He denied having sex with the bodies, but only because they smelled too bad. Uh, a 16-year-old boy whose family was friends with Gein and who had gone to baseball games and movies with him, listen, uh, reported that Gein had showed him shrunken heads that he had said were relics from the Philippines sent to him by a cousin who had served in World War II. So police were like, let's check that out. <laughs> yeah. They found out that the shrunken heads were actually human facial skin that had been peeled from cadavers <gasps> and that Gein would use as masks. Oh, my God. Um, He was found guilty of first-degree murder, but because he was found to be legally insane, he spent the rest of his life in a mental hospital. Uh, A few months later, while Gein was in jail, his house burned to the ground, and police suspected arson. But when they told Gein, he just shrugged and said, just as well. So, who knows what the hell happened there. In 1958, Gein's car, which had been used to transport the bodies of his victims, was sold in a public auction for $760, which nowadays is... 5,718 mm. to a carnival sideshow operator named Bunny Gibbons. I know Bunny from my circus days. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, so it was like patio furniture and Bunny Gibbons. Yeah, we all hung out together. The show. Well, you ne- guys had, Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> you guys had quite, business, quite a business acumen because you started charging carnival goers 25 cents to see the car. Mm. I mean, I did what I could. I mean, it was a hard time. It was the beginning of a recession. That would happen several decades later. Yeah, and I mean... I was just preparing for the worst. Your friend was named Bunny, so, like, what else could you do? Not much. You were, like, kind of in a really low spot of your life. I haven't gotten out of it. (laughs) You're still there. still there. You and Bunny are still down there. It's fine. Uh, Gein died of cancer on July 26, 1984. 
Um, he was pretty quiet in prison. Like, you know, there wasn't much news that happened while he was there. He never gave an explanation? Yeah, he said he wanted to crawl inside his mother's skin. I know, but like... I don't know. I don't no, know what I'm was, looking for. I know. I know. I know. Insane. Like he was found legally insane. Okay. There's not sense to this. I know. I know. Um, so obviously, as we said, as far as pop culture goes, his story was adapted numerous times. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Sounds of Lambs, uh, Psycho, etc. Um, there was also, <laughs> this is literally my last bullet point. There was a musical no. called, called Ed Gein the Musical. That premiered in 2010 in Menasha, Wisconsin. <laughs> Why part. the hell was I not in Menasha, Wisconsin? Ed Gein in the 2010. Can we like reboot that? Yeah, where is that? Go to our Patreon page so we could reboot that. That's something else. Who lives there? Let me see it. <laughs> Just show me one picture from it. I want to be in it. No, I don't. Oh, no, wait. Never mind. Wait, I want to be Bunny. <laughs> I'll, I'll <laughs> reprise my role. <laughs> Wait, I want to be Bertha and in the plastics. Yeah, yeah. All of them, all at one time. I want to be. I want to be Peter and just be like, "Hey, I'm Peter." <laughs> I don't know. And then walk away and never get killed. Oh, <laughs> except you do because you're Peter. I don't know what's happening or where we are, but I just have a really funny joke. <laughs> I feel Which, like that's me at every party. Would I just like, feel like I don't know what we're doing? I don't know why we're here, but I have a funny joke. It's pretty accurate. That, that's what you guys can expect if you ever meet us. Now, don't you want to meet us? <laughs> How lucky you will be. Well, good for you because we will be at the premiere of Ed Gein the Musical. The second premiere. Really soon. One day. We'll be there. And that's why you drink. Listen, you're right. <laughs> All right, guys, we're probably going to have a spinoff show. It's going to be called Listen. Listen. The musical. <laughs> the musical. <laughs> ah, listen. <laughs> Give him the spiel. I'm going to give you the spiel. Thank you guys for listening to us. Um, on And That's Why We Drink. Episode a bajillion, it seems. <laughs> um, if you would like to follow us, and for some reason don't yet, you What's can... What's wrong with you? That's the first question. The second thing that you should do after hating yourself... After questioning yourself. You should go to the internet. It's on the cloud. It's on the cloud. And you can find us at Twitter or Instagram or Facebook mm-hmm. at ATWWD Podcast. You can find our website, and that's why we drink.com. You can find our store, and that's why we drink.bigcartel.com. You can find our Patreon at ATWWD Podcast. Um, you can find us, I mean, you're already listening to us, but if your friends ask, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, the cloud, the cloud. I can't stop saying it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we also have an email, and that's why we drink at gmail.com, where you can submit your own personal true crime and or paranormal stories, because yes. we do listeners' episodes on the first of every month. That's right. Um, and there was something I was going to say, and I forgot, so it doesn't matter. It sounds about accurate. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. We love you. And that's why we drink. And that's why we drink. Do you want me to hit the thing on my face again? Yeah. Ow. <laughs> Wait, here. That hurt. <laughs> I'll try this one. Oh. Bingo. Bingo bango is what I have to bada say to bing, that. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom.
Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.